Hi, everyone. Um, I'm my um, back off. And uh, Jesus helped me keep from keeping me alive and uh, killing the devil. Thank you, Jesus. I love everyone. Uh, thank you for taking this devil away. And uh, thank you. I'm happy I have my bag off. Um, Thank you, the doctors from Marty Hospital. Um, I love the doctors for taking my bag off. Um, love you, everyone. think they're going to be ringing a bell come Friday. Gen uh, ringing the bell, what time is it? Around 10.30 up at Riley. Get, stand up and tell them what that means. Yeah, everyone that's been praying for Kingston is involved in this, and um, uh, I'm going to try my best to be up there. I know they're going to video it, and we'll try to have it on the screen for everybody next week uh, of what's going on up here. And this is, you know, this is a battle that's been going on for, what, almost two years. Uh, been lots of ups and downs in that battle, and uh, boy, victory and God prevailed, amen? Amen. Yeah. Um, let's pray. Lord Father, we thank you for a wonderful day, the beautiful week that you've given us. The spring is, uh, is here upon us. And, and Lord, we thank you for Taylor today to, that has dedicated her life to you, following you in baptism. And, and Lord, there's more out here that need to make that commitment. We ask that we open up our hearts today, Father, and that we realize where you're taking us and we cheerfully follow. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week is we're going to kind of back up a little bit and go forward a little bit from last week. This was just a mini, little mini thing series on, on the treasures of God. We're still looking in the book of Genesis and we're look look at Jacob's life. And uh, One of the big issues that I, I got through, that, through this, this study in this this week and, uh, is, it, it, we'll see it in Jacob's life here in a minute, but is uh, peace. Peace and fear. And I, I've preached on this I don't know how many times. But it's one of the hardest things that, that not just Christians, everybody struggles with having peace in their life. And it just, if we're for the Christian, it just seems like as soon as 
one thing is conquered, one thing that God conquers, here comes, boom, here comes another one that tries to steal our peace. Uh, Throughout this week, I've had my peace trying to be stolen several times, and for a short period of time, it got stolen from me. And I hate that. Uh, I absolutely, I hate it. And it's, it's knowing that this is going to happen and understanding that in the past what God has, how God has corrected this and that we do not need to lose our peace for very long. And uh, so that's what this message is, is a little bit about. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 3, back in the Garden of Eden. And then we'll move forward with Jacob. But uh, there's some things that took place in the garden with, with Satan, the snake, and, and uh, the great deceiver, the great liar, the one will try to make you understand that maybe you have peace and you, you don't need so much of God and this church and these things because you can have peace beyond that. All that's just a bunch of lies. And, and you, you, what we have to become aware of more and more as, as we grow in Christ is that Satan hates you. <laughs> Are you aware of that? Yeah. And I, I've given, I put targets out on this church many times to on your back and everything because as you become more understanding of who God is in your life and as you start to spread that out, Satan and his cronies hate you and they want to destroy your peace because if your peace is destroyed you can't help anybody because you can't even help yourself so in the garden we're going to look right here in a few verses and uh we're going to see how he how he started to do that and then hopefully in the next few verses you'll understand wow 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 the sermon is called a new morning rises because jacob had wrestled with god and that morning was coming where his brother was coming after with 400 horses, uh, 400 men and on horses. With, and he, Jacob had no idea what was going to take place. He had sent some of his men out to meet his brother Esau with some gifts to try to calm the storm. And a lot of us try to do that. We try to calm that storm and we're trying to make our way. But after he had wrestled with God, this monster was still coming because it's something that took place in our past that we have to deal with. See, our past is our past, and I'm not telling you to ever live in your past, but there's sometimes the things in our past we've got to go back and deal with. They're back there, and, and you're not, you're, you're not, your peace is being destroyed because you haven't, you haven't fully dealt with that yet. And this is Jacob. He, he is, his past is 20 years behind him with his brother, And he's got to deal with this. And what's being stolen from him is his peace. He had been with God. Him and God are friends. God loves him. He knows who he is. He's a treasure of God. He was gifted by God through everything he did while he was in in the land with his wives. But now's the time he has to face what he did. So we're going to start this morning in Genesis 3, in in Genesis 3 to 2. What would a gift that would change every encounter in your life look like? I mean, if you could say, God, give me one, one gift that would change every encounter in my life, what would that look like to you? And fear comes from Satan, evil, okay? Because that's what he's after to do. He's after to make you fearful of everything. Fear comes from Satan, and I'll show you that in a few minutes. And it will always try to steal your peace, but you need not be afraid or live under its yoke. Amen? You don't need to go there. I know we're going to go there in times, but we don't need to live there. Genesis 3, verse 5, it says, For God knows that in the day you eat of of it, talking about the tree, 
Eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan is talking to Eve, and you all know this. But he's talking to Eve, and he's starting to deceive her and trying to be nice to her. But what he's attempting to do is steal her peace. And I'm telling you, as I study this this week, peace is so important for the Christian. Satan is going to do what? He wants them to look like that you'll know good and evil. They don't know what evil is. They just know what good is. Then he throws in there and you'll be like God. Well, who doesn't want to be like God? So the first problem is they're listening to something they shouldn't have listened to. And so that's starting the, the process of going to steal what God has given you. Peace. So for knowing good and evil. In Genesis 3, 8 and 10 it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord... And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Now, all of you know this. They hid themselves. Why? The first time in their lives, they've hid themselves from God because Satan stole their peace. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, go ahead and just go to the next verse here. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was what? Everybody say that word. They never were afraid of God before. So the main thing Satan stole from them was their peace with God. Amen? Does that make sense to all of you? It's right there. We probably never thought of it before, but Satan is after your peace. It says right there, I was afraid because I was naked. In other words, their eyes were opened to what evil and sin is, and they knew the holy God that created them. Therefore, their peace was taken away from them. In our sin nature, our peace is destroyed. We have to gather that peace back through the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. amen. And I hid myself. And one of the things we do is we, when we are failing with God and our peace is taken away, we, we do the exact same things. We run, we hide, we do everything we can to stay away from God's word, from God's people, from God's truth. We try to hide ourselves from it, and our peace is completely destroyed with God. Everybody say that makes sense. Okay. So unraveling the past, unraveling the past, when we leave our past relationships in, scrambles, in shambles, that's the title, Unraveling the Past. When we leave our past relationship in shambles, our peace is left with it. Our peace is left. In other words, when we, when we leave our past, but it's not left according to what God would want to have to be left, your peace is still, it's gone. It's, it's messed up, it's in shambles. Our peace is left with, that, with it. But God will replace it with his peace when we choose to follow him. Jacob had to learn that I've got to follow God according to God, not according to Jacob but according to God, to get where God's wanting him to go. Amen? He said, well, I'm doing real good with God, but God's got so many other places he wants you to go. But you, I'm telling you, you've got to learn these things. Because I, how many of you struggle with peace in your life? Well, you've you got to struggle with peace, don't you? If you're not, you're not even human. We do, we struggle with it over and over and over again. And what happens is Satan always puts a rattle in your ear. He's always rattling at you to try to destroy that. Does that make sense? Okay. I love throwing things. Let me see here. We're not going to use this. Yeah. 
I'll use that in a minute. Genesis 32, 6, and 7. We'll get I've got quite a few things I want to go through today. So, um, In Genesis 32, 6, and 7, it's, it says it's going to match up with that last principle. Then the messengers returned to Jacob. This is the men that he sent out, his men that went to Esau, went to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. And you just imagine Jacob biting his fingernails off saying, what did he say, what did he say, what did he say? And he says, and he also, and we came to your brother Esau, and we, he also is coming to meet you, and the 400 men with, are with him. So Jacob was greatly what? Afraid. This is before he wrestled with God. Greatly afraid. His peace is where? Not with him. And distressed, which is, emphasizes that your peace is not with you. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies. He doesn't want his brother to be able to destroy them all. He's hoping some can get away. Unraveling the past, Christ's peace desires to be your guide. Amen? Christ desires to be your guide. Go ahead, please. Switch me over. Jacob needed peace restored so that the... Oop, you messed me up here. Jacob needed peace restored so that the plans of Satan could not prevail. Okay. Throughout, throughout this week, throughout my life, and I don't guess I'm much different than anybody here, my peace is continually, and especially this past week, in the last couple of past weeks, has continually been trying to be destroyed. Satan's been working overtime trying to destroy my peace with, with one thing or another. I've been in the hospital. I've been in several hospitals this week. I've visited several people. And, you know, one of the things that amazes me, I, I visited a, 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 young, a lady named Darlene on Wednesday night. I was going to, to see another man named Philip, which we talked about last week, which we'll talk about a little more in a little bit. And as I was going in the hospital, there was a girl in the elevator, and, and there was a bunch of people on the elevator, and I turned around, and I looked up the elevator, and I said, I, I forget why, exactly what I said. Is this, now that I've got all of you here together, let's talk or something. And uh, before we got off the elevator, which is just a few floors, the lady learned that I was, I was a preacher. I think that's what she learned. But she asked me right there on the elevator, can you pray with me? I've never met this lady before in my life. And so we got off the elevator. I got off, not the floor I was going to get off of, but the floor she was going to get off of. And we go over and talk. And she lives in Wanamaker. Her name is uh, Jennifer. Her mom's name is Darlene. And she looks at me. She's got the biggest smile on her face. I mean, she was joyful. And she said, I, just, I need prayer, and I just want you to pray for me. My mom has stage 4 cancer, and she's not going to make it. But I love the Lord, and I just, I just want you to pray for me. And I said, I'm going to pray for you, but can I go pray for your mom too? Isn't it, well, isn't it amazing how God works? When, I'll tell you what, when you can meet people that can have peace in those kind of crises, something's going right, amen? And then they bring that more peace to you, and you just know, Okay, I'm going to see where God's taking me here. And so we pray together with people out there in the hallway. We pray together and other people are walking by. So we go to the room and we meet Darlene, no hair, stage four cancer. I think it was lung cancer. Darlene doesn't have much time left. But I'll tell you what, what a beautiful smile on Darlene's face. She had peace. Amen? 
She had peace. What a wonderful time I had just with those few people. And then I went and we, we marched around and went to see this other man and ended up seeing several more people. Some of them not so much peace, some of them with more peace. God wants to use you to bring peace to others. Do you believe me there? He wants to use the children of God to bring peace to the world. But our peace has to be intact. And he gives us these wonderful history lessons to see how that works. God's peace desires to be your guide. Amen? When your peace is in tune with God, he will guide you to allow other people to see that peace. Jacob needed peace restored so that the plans of Satan would or could not prevail. If you're struggling in your life with peace, if you're struggling to understand that you are a true treasure of God, you need to be restored. You need to be restored, and that's an act between you and our Holy Father. You've got to get that restored. Just as I have to pray and, 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 and mean business with God and, and go deep into his love with him to be restored, to have my peace restored, so do you. So do you. And as we go deep into the understanding of God and the love of God, that peace overwhelms us, and God then brings other things around you that brings confirmation that he's there with you and bringing peace. I went to Philip's room and talked to him as we talked about him last week. He was a man that was on a ventilator and was left in coma. They thought he was just going to die. They put him off the ventilator so he could die. He didn't die. As I was going to the hospital, I went to one room where I thought he was at, and they moved him out of that room because he was doing so much better. Do you think prayer works? Absolutely. So met with a little nurse. She says, I'm going to go get him. He's in kidney dialysis right now, and he's going to be down another room on the fourth floor floor I was just on a while ago. So I said, okay, let's go to the fourth floor. So we go down from the fifth floor to the fourth floor. We're walking around through there. We meet another man named Jeff Brolin. We need another girl named Michelle. We need some more people that God wants to bring our peace to them. Amen? I'm telling you, I had Brent with me. and I, Brent, It was a lovely night, wasn't it, Brent? And from hospital to hospital, we would just stop and go into people's room and pray with them. Why? Because God wants them to know he loves them. He wants them to have peace in their time of great need. You don't need to know their names. You just need to go in wherever God's leading you. And you say, that, Paul, that's crazy. No, it's not. It's one of the biggest blessings you need to have. Whenever I'm in a hospital, I've told you this before, I try to go to different rooms. Wherever God says go, I go. I don't, it's just where you go. You walk in, you put a smile on your face. You love them. You grab a hold of them. You say, God loves you. And you see their needs and you pray over them. And you bring peace to their life in the time they need it worse. If we don't do it, Christians, who will? Quit being sissies. Quit being babies. Be bold with the love of Christ. Open your heart, open your mind, open your creativity and let God use it. Everywhere you go, people need peace. We are called the children of God. We should have peace, enough peace to go and say, can I pray with you? It doesn't matter where you're at, you pray with them. Peace becomes their newfound favor, amen? It's not crazy. It's called God. So God, so Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. This is Genesis 32, 1 and 2, back before they wrestled. And the stories about Jacob is, if you don't know all this, you need to go back and read it. We don't have the time to do all that here. But Jacob, Satan was so after him 
before the wrestling match, his father-in-law found out that somebody had stole their little gods, little G, little gods. And, and what that really means is it's little gods they set up. And he, he figured Jacob stole or somebody else stole. What that really means, it's not just these little figurines that don't amount to much. It means that there, an inheritance that you have, that, that his family would have, whoever those gods would go to, that would be the inheritance of that father. And somebody stole those little gods. So it was more than just little statues. It was meaning that I'm taking the inheritance of my father. Well, Rachel stole these little statues. The love of Jacob's life. And so... His father-in-law finds out that they were stolen, and he said, they've taken it. I've got to go get it. That's not where it's going to go. My inheritance is not going to Jacob. It's going back to my brother, to my sons. That, I'm mad. I'm going. Get on your sources. We're going. So I got Jacob. He's got people coming up from behind him, chasing him to what? To destroy him. He left not even telling this man he was leaving because he was fearful of this man. He didn't have any peace then. He had been lied to by this man and stuff stolen by this man for many years. And he said, I've had enough of it. I'm leaving. I'm taking my family. We're leaving. Well, it was this man's daughters he was taking and some of his sons. And he didn't like it. And when he found out the gods were gone, he really was mad. He was coming after him. So we got evil coming up from behind him, a fear to destroy his peace. And we got in the front of him more coming after him. Jacob's in a mess, isn't he? Do y'all ever get to feeling like that sometimes? That you look behind you and say, my goodness, it's, I just can't get away from it. You look in front of you and say, if I go this way, oh my God, I don't know where to go. And so they, his father-in-law catches up with him. And he says, I'm searching everywhere for these. And if I find them, it's not going to be good. And he starts searching all the tents and everywhere he can. And Rachel sets on, sets on him. And the father goes to Rachel. And Rachel says, well, I'm in a woman's way. And the father doesn't make her get up. So he never finds him. And so peace starts to take place there. Because even though it's a lie. And that will be taken dealt with later. But what I'm trying to show you is Satan is always coming after you. And sometimes it has got nothing to do with you. You're just right there. So as Laman, his father-in-law, goes ahead and leaves the next day, then starts this. So this, this, is, this is Jacob. Do you see what he's struggling with more than anything? Peace. Am I right or wrong? I mean, he's got all these things. Well, no, Paul, he's struggling with people wanting to kill him. Well, yeah. But if you have peace with God, that'll override all that. Amen? Because you know God's in control, and you know God wants you to have peace in all things. Because if you don't have peace, you're not trusting God. There's something going on in your life that's causing you not to trust God. Satan is rattling your ear trying to steal your peace. So Jacob went on his way and at the angels and the angels of God met him. This is 20 years. Now 20 years passed. Everybody know about Jacob's ladder? Well, 20 years passed, Jacob's ladder took place. And the angels were showing God's angels coming to and fro to Jacob, back and forth. Stairway to heaven, we call that. So on this particular night, before he wrestles with God, and all these things are taking place, so Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. Wow. What does... Wow. The angels... Can you imagine that? The angels of God meet... You know the angels of God are with you. Do you, do you understand that? In the, in the worst tragedies of your life, the angels of God, if you're a treasurer of God, the angels of God are with you. 
and throughout your past, throughout the tragedies, whatever you had to leave behind, those things, they want, God wants you to deal with them and take care of them. And he wants you to know that I am with you. My angels are with you. They're like a bodyguard. Amen? you got these wonderful bodyguards all around you. But the problem is the minute we lose our peace, we lose our bodyguards because we've lost hope. And fear has taken over our lives. But God says the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. Amen? See, you've got to have your, your spiritual eyes open. And your ugly heart or your fearful heart closed. So God's peace can override all that. Amen? This is God's camp. Because, and he called the name of the, the place, I can't pronounce that name. He, Joseph, uh, Jacob setting up two camps, one for his people and one for God's, if you go on and read that. The angels of God are with you. I don't want you to ever forget that. And if your peace is being stolen, call upon God for your peace. I promise you, he'll bring things to you. And this morning, I, I, some of my peace is trying to, as I want to bring this to you, the battles are just roaring inside. My stomach is hurting, and I, I just, oh, I'm just really struggling. I get a, I'm sitting back in my office, and I get a phone call. Sunday morning, in my office, phone call by 8 o'clock. It's Philip Bird from St. Francis Hospital. <laughs> the guy I just visited, the guy that was on death's bed, the guy that's getting ready to get out of the hospital, he told me he'd be in church today. He told me he would help come and cook. That's how he wants to be here. Tell me God's not. This guy, is, this, guy, this guy doesn't go to church very often, but he's changing his attitude towards God. Amen. And God is letting him live and trying to show him peace. And he calls and he says, Paul, I'm still in the hospital. I can't be there. I want you to know I want to be there so badly, but I can't be there. I'm still there. I get out Wednesday. I will be there next Sunday. I want to talk to you more about all this. Amen. <laughs> A man that, that's, that's dying a few days earlier. And he told me, on the phone this morning, he says, I know I don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to live the rest of my life with God. You know what? All, all, we do, all, all I did was just try to show him love and show him peace. He doesn't know me from anything, but he knows one thing. God and his angels are around me. Amen? He wants that. And that's what we're called to do. Unraveling the past, God will never leave you or forsake you forsake you when you are his treasure. In Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord's camps, all, the angel of the Lord camps all around those who fear him. And that fear is not a scared fear, that fear is an awe, an awe of God, uh, the all of his glory, the all of his beauty. It camps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And I want everybody to stand and read this verse because you need it. The angel of the Lord Camps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Do you believe that? Amen. You may be seated. If you are a treasure of God, do you not know? Do you not know that God will take you through sanctification? The process of growing in Christ, allowing things to happen in your life that you can see God working in your life, good, bad, and ugly. Do you not know that there's a process of this? 
You will grow through sanctification. Amen? Through the things in your life that tries to steal your peace, you will grow. What God showed me this morning, it wasn't just one phone call. It was another man walking in that I gave a journal to years ago and opened up his journal and said, when I was in times a few years back, I wrote this down. It was all about how this church had showed him love. Amen? Do you not know that God loves you and will help you in the, in the hardest times of your life if you pay attention? Do you not know that God wants to restore your peace? He does. But do you not know that you have to pay attention to God and trust God no matter what it looks like? Jacob had a terrible situation in his life. He wrestled with God all night, as we talked about last week. But his situation from his past was still, everybody say, there. there. It was still there. But is he learning to trust God with his peace? Yes. And sometimes it's hard to keep that. Let me tell you something. This is a... Hmm. What does your monster look like? I mean, what does your monster that wants to steal your peace look like? Is it creepy in the dark that wants to steal your peace? Is it something so ugly and so, oh, so grotesque that wants to steal your peace? Or is it something of beauty? Not looking at me, though. That wants to steal your peace. See, we all have these monsters. And these monsters, Satan knows what your monster is. Trust me on that one. And he's going to play with you with that monster. But God says, I can take you through this if you'll trust me with the peace that I want you to have. Satan stole that peace in the garden. But Jesus Christ restored that peace at the cross. Amen? Now, our, our understanding is to trust him no matter what's taking place in our life. To trust him. You say, that is so hard to do. Absolutely, it's hard to do. And that's why God takes baby steps with us. He doesn't give you more than you can handle. And whatever he gives you, I promise you, he's there with you. Now, when you get done fighting with God and trying to win the battles with God, which you will never win, you'll come back to God if you're a child of God, and you'll thank God for what you've been through. You say, oh, no, I won't. Trust me. I've seen the worst things in life happen to people. They may not be thankful that it happened to them, but they're thankful for the outcomes from them. Amen? You are a treasure of God. Do you not know that God will take you through sanctification? Will you, you will grow. A right relationship with the Holy Savior will bring with it a hope and peace that should not be easily fooled by fear. Amen? So there's the problem. We're easily fooled. Where's my rattle? I threw it. We're easily fooled by fear. On this board here, I've got fear, and what have I got? Fear and what? Peace. Somebody walk up here, please, that can write and spell better than me, which is the youngest child in here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What brings your fear? What's your monster? Somebody just yell something out. Huh? The unknown. The unknown. Unknown, right down there. Illness. Illness. Unknown. Come on, yell it out. An accident. An accident, okay. Car crash. Somebody on this side. Huh? Say, I'm sorry. Cancer, absolutely, absolutely. What's, what, what's another monster of yours? Death, okay. How about your children? That something's going to happen to your children. 
That's got to be one of the biggest monsters anything, isn't it? It is. Okay, now, over on this side, it's called what? Peace. What brings you peace? Faith? Huh? Prayer? Absolutely. Worship. Fellowship. Huh? Trust. Friends. Family. What else? Love. Healing. Some of, you, some of you shouting these things out, you know why you're shouting those things out? Because that's what you've been through. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. How about the cross? How about the resurrection? How about the return? There you go. Yeah. So we've got a lot, we've got, we got some things that are monsters in our life, but we do also have so many other things that bring peace to our life. Thank you, honey. When peace starts to destroy your life, maybe you ought to just take a minute and start writing down some things. Get in your journal and say, my peace is being destroyed because Satan is rattling something in my ear. I know I can trust God, and these are the reasons that I can trust God. I got over 7,000 promises of God, 7,400 and some in the Bible. I can trust God because he's promised me. I know that the angels of God are encamping around me because Psalms 34, 7 says they are. Amen. I can call on that. I can get peace from that. But most of us fail. We fall into the traps of Satan and we start to fear more than our peace will bring. We say, I can't see how I can get peace through any of this. What is it that you need from God's name? Genesis 39, 20, and 30. I want you to remember that question. What is it that you need from God's name? Then Jacob asked, this is right after the wrestling match. And Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name. Now we know from last week that God asked Jacob his name, and he was asking Jacob to give his name because Jacob was a deceiver, a manipulator, a, a cheater, and all kinds of things. It's like all kinds of sin that we have. He wanted Jacob to understand that. He was going to change Jacob's name also to Israel. But this question, Jacob is asking to God. And Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name. I just wrestled with you all night. I, I, my peace is a mess. My life is a mess. My, my wife's, husband, wife's father just tried to kill me. I got 400 horsemen coming after me. I'm splitting my family. They're over there on the other side of the brook. I got half my camp over and half a camp over there. I know, God, just a few, few hours ago, you told me that you were camped around me. But where are you? Tell me your name, God. Tell me your name. I'll tell you, I'm going to read this something to you just real quick here. And this is the name. This is this. My God is my king, all right? My king is the king of the Jews, the king of Israel. He is the king of righteousness. He is the king of the ages. He is the king of heaven. He is the king of glory. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is my king. Amen? Everybody say, he is my king. My king is the, is the lion of Judah, the root of David, the bright and morning star. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No, no far-seeking telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shortest supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. 
My king is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally grateful. He is infinite in power. He is impartial and merciful. My king is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of the world. He is God. He is God's son. He is the author of life and the sinner's savior. He stands in the solitude of himself. He is honest and completely unique. There is none like him. He is unparalleled in the un, and un, in, he is unprecedented. My king is the loftiest idea in literature. He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme, he is the supreme problem in higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of the true theology. He is the core, the necessity, the spiritual religion. He is the material, can't pronounce it, the miracle of the ages. Yes, he is. He is the super. Uh, superlativity of everything good. He is the only one qualified to be the all in all. My king supplies strength. So you're going to ask God, who are you, God? This is a good place to start. Amen? Amen. I want to know your name, God. Well, here it is right here. My king supplies strength for the weak. Amen? Amen? You know what the strength is? You! You! Get off your tails and supply strength for the weak. Go visit hospitals when you don't need to go there. Go visit people that need you. Church, if we don't do it, nobody else will. He supplies the strength for the weak. He is available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and guides. He heals the sick. He forgives the sinner. He discharges the debtor. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He... He's blessing the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. His reward is the diligent. He beautifies the meek. My king is omnipresent. He is confident, unlimited. He's creating power. He is the key to knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. He is the gateway to glory. My king is indescribable. He is uncomprehensible. He is invincible. He is irresistible. You cannot get him off your hands or out of your head. You can't overlive him, and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death could not contain him, and the grave could not hold him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He is what? My king. Amen? He is your king. He is your king. He's here to restore your peace that Satan stole. He's here to bring you life like you've never known. So when you look at that question, what is your name? That is something more than just a question. It's something, what is God's name to you? In the darkest days of your life, what is God to you? He's asking you to remember who he is. That your peace will be restored. Tell me your name. I pray. What's he saying? I pray, Lord, tell me your name. And God tells him. He has just showed him as he wrestled with him. And he said, why is that you ask about my name? Jacob? I don't know about. And you go visit him and I talk to my mom. And I'd always take my Bible and I'd be praying with him. And I'd show her pictures and I would do this and I would do that. Just anything to click that memory. And several times I would ask her, Mom, do you know who Jesus is? And she'd give me that strange look. Look up and realize, don't you know? Don't you know? And I'd just smile. 
Buddy, I'll tell you what, when you forget who God is in your life, you're in trouble, amen? Somehow through the Alzheimer's, she knows Jesus. You explain that to me! See, it's more than the mind. It's deep in the heart, amen? She may have Alzheimer's, she may not have no mind, but by God, she knew Jesus' name. What a blessing that was to me. Why is that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Amen. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He wrestled with him. And he realized, even though the situation in the past in my life may look so bleak, may look so dark, that the monsters are popping up everywhere I turn. They're popping up at me. But God's angels are my bodyguards. They protect me. His truth, His word, His promises are with me. And I've got to go there to have my peace. Or peace will leave me. And I will be destroyed by the evil that seeks to destroy me. Am I making any sense? If your peace is based upon your circumstances. Instead of the promises and the power of Christ. It will flee you. Tell me something. Is that, is that happening to you all? Man, it's happened to me more than once. It's going through that process of learning who Christ is in your life. He allows those things to take place that the next time I can get a little further before the monsters tries to destroy me, before the rattling in my ear tries to take over. And I start to think, I can write down all the things that bring me peace. And this one monster, I'm scared of this one monster when the God, when I know his name, when he's infallible, when he's, he created everything, he's Alpha and Omega, and I'm letting, I'm letting some silly little thing destroy my peace when I'm supposed to belong to the God of creation. How foolish can I be? Wow. Either God's in control of your life or he's not. And you're in control of your life. But when God's in control of your life, Peace should overwhelm your life. Amen? So Jacob's got to deal with this. He's got to deal with his past. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming. I got some horse sounds back there. Give me something. You got anything? They're looking at each other. There you go. Everybody do something. Give me some horse sounds. I got 400 horses coming at me. Do you know the dust? Now, I'll tell you what, John Blackwell, maybe Dale back here, they know dust because Renegade's always in front of them. They got the dust, man. I look back and all I see is dust. I can't even see them anymore. Amen. Worse <laughs> because they can make a noise, can't they? And they can make some noise. They can, it's like thunder. Can you imagine when he, you're dealing with this and, and it seems like when that monster's coming at you and they're rattled as Satan is rattling. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you this time, boy. And you just, that noise and all that dirt and dust is coming. And you're looking at it and you go, ah, I, got, I got nowhere to go. My family's going to be completely destroyed. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Say something. Whew. So Esau, and there Esau was coming, and with him were 400 men on his horses going crazy. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. He's hoping, he's praying that somebody will make it through this day. He's willing to give his life to it. 
He's going to go out and he's going to meet this brother. He's going to deal with his past right here and now. He can't get by it anymore. God's put it right in front of him. you got to deal with it. Amen. You left it in shambles. God didn't. You did. And God's just trying to grow you. In Genesis 33, 1-5, then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times. Was he worried? Somebody say, yep, he was worried. Sometimes we get really worried about things with God. We get really, okay, God, I'm trusting you, but man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bow seven times before my brother. I've sent out men ahead of him. I've offered him all kinds of offerings. They crossed over before they, and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and what? And they what? Wept. If you'll go back and face your past and you trust God with it, God will bring you peace. Amen? He said, well, that past doesn't look too bright. Well, you need to pray over that past. You need to pray over some things. Whatever the outcome with it, you'll have peace with God through it because you went back and picked up the pieces. Amen? And he kissed them and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these with, with you? So he said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. I love it when he puts that, the children whom God, whom God has graciously given your servant. <clears throat> Bill Hobbs. I can't say a whole lot about him right now. I, I went up to the hospital yesterday, and his sister called, and June's his sister. You need to be praying for June. And Bill, Hobbs is a, Bill Hobbs is a true friend of this church. He's a brother in Christ. Amen? Amen? I love him. I love him. I love him. She called yesterday, and she said, uh, we come up and, and just go see Bill. There's some really things happening. And so I, I did. And I went up and saw him, and as I was getting out of the, out of the, uh, off, up there, out of the parking garage, my phone rang, and it was sister, and he, she's June. She says, they're going to let him out, Paul. They're going to let him out of the hospital today, but, but he needs to talk to you. So I go up there, and I spend time with him and talk with him, and they've got him drugged up pretty good. He came home yesterday, and uh, what they want me to tell the church is, they need your prayers desperately. They've got some major decisions to make this week with Bill. And next week I'll be able to tell you more. Bill's got a granddaughter due tomorrow. His goal a few weeks ago was to make it to that granddaughter's birth. That particular daughter-in-law has had eight miscarriages. They don't have a child. This is the first child. So Bill does not want to call any of his family and let them know what's going on in his life right now, fearful that something might even happen. So his family doesn't even know the condition he's in right now. And then after tomorrow, when this child's born, they'll start making the decisions of what to do next. Some of you men, June asked me if we can help them in the next few weeks of what's taking place. So if I call upon some of you men, we're going to need to go over and help June, maybe sit with Bill and do some things, whatever she needs done. Are you willing to do that, church? God's Holy Spirit brings peace to every heart that yields to Jesus. I know that's the words of the week I stole right from you. But I want to go ahead and give that to him, would you please? 
God's Holy Spirit brings peace to every heart that yields to what? To Jesus. Some of you are not yielding your heart to Jesus. You're dealing with so many things in your life, and, and peace is a list, just a word that means nothing. But I'm telling you, Christ died to bring us peace and to bring us salvation. Amen? Peace through him. Not through the world, not through your circumstances, because the circumstances will never bring an eternal peace. Question for you. What is God trying to root up from your past in order that you may go forth in peace? What is it today or, or in the past or whatever that, that's, that's working on you that you know you need to get right? And the only reason you're not getting right is because, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't trust God enough to get it right. Or you're not trusting God enough to get it right. Will you bow before God and allow Him to help you regain the peace that He's wanting you to have? Christians, church, if peace is stolen from you, you have no peace to give anybody else. Amen? Regain it back. God has angels all around you. Psalms 34, 7, put that one in the memory bank of your mind and your heart. Know that God is with you. I'm going to open up the tables right off the bat here. And If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're welcome to come and know who he is. You can meet me after church or however you want to do it. But I'm willing here to talk with you. There's other people that are willing to talk with you. If peace is eluding your life, you teenagers, if peace... If you, you, sometimes these young kids, they just, everything's all happy-go-lucky, but the minute something goes wrong, they know their peace is where, not with them. And I want you to continue to pray for our teenagers. That was a wonderful little thing you put together this morning. It's funny. But in real life, there's a lot of kids like them that aren't blessed like them. They're not. Parents are nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. They don't know who loves them and who doesn't love them. They think God is some figment of somebody's imagination. They have no idea. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll pay attention to God, he'll take you to those people. He'll take you to them. It may be baby steps in a relationship you have to make, but why don't you start making them? Why don't you start making them? The world needs the church. And the church needs to rise up and give it what we have, the love of Christ. Amen? Stand, please. As you come before the Lord this morning, if peace has eluded you, it's time to get it. Amen? I want you to come, enjoy the Lord today, bow before Him, let Him know that, you're His, that, that He is your King and the Lord of Lords. But more than anything, enjoy God, amen? Enjoy God. Have fun with God. Enjoy His love, enjoy His peace. And go out and spread it. And right after service, if you're a teacher in the church, please meet me in the youth room. But right now, I want you to come and enjoy the Lord. Bow before him. Have a wonderful day.
Take it all, 